and welcome to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. I am stoked to be joined again today by my special guest co-star Patrice Moriarty. Welcome, Patty. Hello, Sally Ann. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Oh, we're, we're twinsies. We are twinsies because somebody got a bit of merch. A bit of merch. That was Sally Ann. Got some podcast merch. We've got the the beer cooler. Yes, is that what they're called. Stubby cooler, frosty, stubby cooler. Got my mug. I've She's got a tea up. and a beer at the moment. A tea and a beer. It's working. It's working. It's five. It's past five o'clock in lockdown. It's all working. <laughs> yes, we are still in lockdown. Uh, if you listen to the last episode where we spoke about our love for Western Sydney, remember we were, it was Olympics. We were watching yes. Olympics. It was during that time. We are still it's in lockdown. Box. Hopefully very soon we will be out or we will have uh, our restrictions slightly lifted is maybe the best way to say it. Yeah, yeah. We'll be double vaxxed. Double vaxxed. Get your vaccines, peeps. Yeah, do it. I rec- um, my recommendation. Yes, I recommend that as well. Um, I will reveal shortly what topic we will be discussing, but first just a couple of quick bits to mention. So thank you for listening uh, on whatever platform that may be. For any newbies or for those who might not be aware, the podcast is available on Apple, Podbean, SoundCloud and Spotify. You can access all the links via my website, www.howtolovetheshitoutoflife.com forward slash podcast. And you can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the links are on my website too. Get amongst it. Hey, Patty, get amongst it. Get amongst it, Patty. Get amongst (laughs) it. But today's topic, um, Patty and I are very excited to be sharing some of our favourite female icons with you all. Yeah, yeah, yes, Queen. I just want to say quickly, though, Patty, you're a female icon in my eyes. I just want to say that. That's very nice. And you too, Sal. I mean, (laughs) if you didn't think I thought you were an icon, you're literally an icon on my top right now. You are wearing wearing a shirt with Sally's face on it. So, (laughs) Thank you. Not too many people get that. No. Just saying. You are the first. You are the first. Um, And, yes, so we're going to be talking about female icons, obviously, women that have inspired us for a variety of reasons, historical figures, um, women that have made significant impact on the world and achieved a lot of amazing things. So we have a stack of them to get through uh, and I think we should just get into it. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Binders (laughs) of women, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. So the first one we are going to talk about is the amazing Maya Angelou. Oh, Maya. My goodness. I have friend. (laughs) My friend. She's so wise. So wise. So for those of you who aren't aware of who Maya Angelou is, she is an, well, was, sadly, she passed away in 2014, I believe. Uh, African-American writer and civil rights activist. She is often considered... I would say a literary legend. How's that for a bit of alliteration? She'd like Ooh, that. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yes. Um, Alliterative legend. Oh, that's my that's my bad impression of her. Actually, <laughs> yeah, we were trying to do. She has the most silky uh, and but like glorious honey voice. Yes, and we were trying to mm. m- imitate it earlier before we started recording, but I don't know if we quite got there, and I don't know if you quite got there. Right, like, <laughs> that's sure it's best for us. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's written. Many, many books. Um, her first book is probably, I would say, maybe her most famous, mm-hmm. I Know Why yeah. the Bird Sings, which I only realised in doing the research that that actually was her first book. You know, she's written countless memoirs, autobiographies, poetry and personal essays. And I would say, and I think you would say too, Patty, that she's probably one of the most loved writers of ever. The 20th century. And, yeah, I would agree. Um, her poetry is so inspiring and it comes from that it's like learnt wisdom if you know anything about her life story she didn't have a very good childhood at all she actually didn't speak for years at a time and then well but she loved reading and so her her voice and her writing became her outlet for everything that she would gone through and the discrimination that she faced and um I think my favourite of hers is probably everybody else's favourite, uh, Still I Rise. Yes. Um, it's really gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Should we gorgeous. Um, Should we play it? Because she Yeah, recycled. let's play it. Yeah. Here we go. One, two, three. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. (laughs) Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high. Still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? (laughs) Don't take it so hard just because I laugh as if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh. Does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. (laughs) Out of the huts of history's shame I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling and bearing in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, wow. There I go. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know about yourself, but it literally makes me teary every time oh, I hear that. So good. And you know what? That was something that, you know, going through doing a little bit of extra research for this um, episode, she's very funny. Mm. Work is, is quite self-deprecating at times. There's always a humour, well, not always, but in a lot of her work, there's humour, there's that sassiness that she's, she talks about in that poem. Oh, it's just like it's the stuff that people dream to be able to write and convey mm. that only a few can. Yep, very true. And, I, you know, I think I, what I love about it was do you, does my, uh, like her thing is it her laughing does that upset you do you want to see her down and low like she sort of she owns who she is and she acknowledges and absolutely you know her the discrimination and the horrible injustice that she's gone through but that's not going to stop her from being the amazing person that she is and that um you know, being fully who she is, not afraid to be sassy or sexy or laughing or joyful, but just to be her and to express herself to the fullest extent. It's just uh, it's so beautiful to see. Mm. And, you know, obviously she's a woman, so there's that discrimination. It was African-American, so there's that discrimination. Descended from um, people who were treated as slaves. But... Um, but who she is is who she is. Those things don't define her. But she has overcome them and she's proud of that. Yes. I've overcome those boundaries imposed on her. So mm-hmm. I love her. And literally tears, yeah. tears of the eyes. Yeah, it's emotional. I'm oh, sorry, Patty, to get you so emotional on number it's one. okay. No, <laughs> you're locked down. <laughs> locked down emotions. Oh no! All of the emotions will be here. <laughs> well, yes, my Angelou. What a what a place to start. I just think icon, absolute icon. And yeah, if you aren't familiar with her work, um, you know, even if you just want to start by watching that clip and a few other of her clips uh, on YouTube and, and reading some of her books, I would highly recommend. She is yeah, absolute definition of an icon. Next on our list, Patty, would you like to talk about Faith? Bandler. Absolutely. So Faith Bandler um, is a civil rights hero here in Australia. So Faith Bandler, she actually, um, she's not Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, she's actually a South Sea Islander. So her dad um, was part of blackbirding. So basically people up around Queensland and New South Wales got on ships, went to places like Vanuatu and literally kidnapped men to then use them as for labor here in Australia. It was slavery. It was, it was slavery. And so um, Faith Bandler was then born in Australia. And so she then became um, a civil rights icon. Uh, she was moved down to Sydney um, and became parts of lots of different groups. Um, so, for example, the uh, Federal Council for the Advancement of Aborigines and Torres Strait Islanders, she was part of that, and they were instrumental in the 1967 referendum yeah. uh, where people were voting to have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders counted in the census. And so she was actually the coordinator of the campaign in New South Wales, and so she was instrumental in actually getting the yes vote, and it, was 90, it ended up being 97%. 
of Australians to say, yeah, no. we agree. I mean, it's an easy thing to agree with. Yeah. But um... <laughs> the fact that we had to have one, I guess, speaks a bit of the time and what we had lived through previous. Um, yeah, so I, I do not know much about faith at all. And I think part of that is because I guess some of this history, particular, particularly around the blackbirding paddy, is not something that um, we were really taught in schools. We don't hear too much about. So um, I loved seeing a name on the list that I really knew nothing about. I, yeah, I've only learned about her in adulthood. I didn't learn about her in school. Um, and unfortunately, there's so many people like that that we don't actually learn Australian heroes or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Perkins as well was instrumental in 1967. And there was actually... Um, you know, segregation in Australia. We don't really know that, but it literally happened. People couldn't go into um, pubs. They couldn't go into pools. They weren't given housing like other people were. Um, And so Charles um, and Faith Bandler as well, these, um, you know, real amazing civil rights heroes that um, are iconic Mm. and inspire us to get stuff done today as well. I mean, really, we should know about her. We should all know about her. Um, But I guess, you know, sometimes in life, history gets swept under the carpet, as we all know. Uh, So as long as we're continuing to learn these things as we get older, I think that's really important. So thank you for that one, Patty. So next on our list is Angelina Jolie, one that I popped on the list. You made Ange. We don't know each other, but... (laughs) I'd like to think that we do. <laughs> so Angelina Jolie, yes, actor, very well known for some of her personal uh, relationships, you know, Brangelina, that sort of thing. But I haven't put Angelina on the list for any of that. In fact, I think I've probably only watched maybe three or four of her films. So it's not like she's my favourite actor and I don't really go out of my way to watch her films. It's not that I don't think she's talented, but that's not really the appeal for me. What I love about her is that she has been incredibly active uh, in the space of campaigning for human rights. So again, going through a little bit of research for today, she's been you know, doing stuff for the UN and other organisations for over 20 years, which I think is really impressive. Uh, issues such as refugees and internally displaced people, a lot of women's rights, child immigration and education, raising awareness to end sexual violence in conflict and also around female genital mutilation. So a lot of causes that she's been heavily invested in over that two-decade period. Um, It's well documented that she has three adopted children that she's adopted from uh, different countries around the world. So her son Maddox is from Cambodia which I believe the trip when she met him was something that impacted her greatly and really uh, inspired her to do a lot of the work that she's doing. Uh, She has another son, Pax, from Vietnam and a daughter, Zahara, from Ethiopia. Um, I think what I do love about her as well is she kind of reminds me of another one of my favourite female icons and I cannot believe I missed her on the list, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, mama. Right? (laughs) Mama. Audrey's career, very similar, obviously an actor, but also an activist. And a lot of her work as a humanitarian and advocate, I feel like, you know, they're they're 
I guess, careers and that path has followed a similar trajectory. I know that, you know, I, I read a lot of stuff around Audrey and, you know, books that have been written about her. And the one thing she really wanted to be remembered for was the humanitarian work that she was doing. I feel like Angelina is very similar. Um, mm. So, yeah, I just think it's kind of that thing of using your power and your presence and your celebrity status to do good. And we see a lot of examples of this, but I feel like she's the fact that she's been doing this for so long and it's like, she really walks the walk. It's not just for show. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. So Ange, Sal's a big fan. um, If you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. And she'll be in America going like, Oh my God, I have my fan of Sally Ann too. I follow you on Instagram Ange. follow me back. <laughs> she recently joined Instagram. And she? 10 million followers or something. She actually, oh, she joined as much as me. <laughs> she doesn't have quite your profile, Patty. Um, <laughs> she, she joined on a more serious note um, with the situation in Afghanistan that we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Obviously the US uh, removing their troops uh, from the war that's been going on for God, right now. Um, yeah, so she she wrote a really um, powerful essay around that and she created an Instagram account and she's shared a few things. It doesn't seem like she's going to be sharing her favourite recipes or anything like that on there, which fine. Look, um, I'm here for that, though. I'm here I, for all content. I'm here for all Ange content. So, yeah, I just have a lot of admiration and respect for her and um, I think she's more than just maybe the persona that, you know, perhaps her personal life and her career in Hollywood has put out there. I think she's the real deal when it comes to, you know, doing the work. So, mm. Ange. Okay. Love then- you, Ange. Another person that we absolutely love, and we've heard us talk about her before, but we we do not waste an opportunity to talk about the one, the only, Kathy Freeman. You! What a legend. What uh, a champion. And absolute legend so again when I was growing up there I loved sport um and I played cricket and but there weren't many female sporting heroes to actually talk about I've already spoken about our sporting heroes so go to our potty our podcast about sporting heroes you'll hear all about those it's one of our best yeah look and to be <laughs> honest I'm not surprised because music and sport are like the two things that we really they're our jam. Gel ever. <laughs> yeah, they're our jam. And um, obviously she won the gold medal in 2000 for the 400-meter race, and I was 12 or just about 12 then. And the fact that she had literally the weight of a nation on her shoulders. No joke. And yet, no joke. Like in Australia, everybody stopped. Everybody watched that race. It doesn't matter where you were. We were all sitting there and watching that race, and she knew it too. All the hubbub, all the press, and 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 she just did the job and got it done. She nailed it. Oh, she nailed it. Absolutely. Oh, never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in and doubt. Um, <laughs> I just loved it. The docu. She was recently a documentary about her race that she talked about, but she she spoke about how. For her, during that race and during that time, she felt like her ancestors were with her mm. and she always, almost felt like she was floating around the, um, the course um, because she was connected into that 
and, and all of her ancestors. I just thought that was beautiful. So Kathy Freeman, obviously, for just her sporting amazingness, um, but also for just being a person that uh, loves her culture. She's also got her um, Kathy Freeman Foundation that supports a lot of uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people around the country. Um, just a fantastic, wonderful human and absolute icon. The next one, it's, I feel like it's a real mix. It's something mm. I'm loving it. We're going to talk about the amazing Princess Diana. Love her. It could get teary again. Get a bit teary. Princess Diana, I guess we don't, I mean, I, I made notes, but I feel like it was more just because I just wanted to write about how much I love her. <laughs> just a bit carried away. But obviously. I did not know this about you, actually, Sally. Oh, I love Princess Diana. It's a real thing. It's a real yeah. thing. See, and we could talk a bit about how, and I think you're the same, Patty, like the monarchy. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. You're not a fan. I'm unsure. I feel like the institution itself can go. I think that the pe- some of the people still have a place. I'm not saying get rid of the ones that don't. I'm not saying eradicate them. Nobody was saying that, Sally. Saying that, Sally. Oh, my gosh. But what I would say is that there is still, okay, I guess going back to Diana, there is still people that are involved, I guess you could say, in the institution to this day that clearly are the legacy of this woman. So I think she was one of the most obvious choices for this episode. Obviously her notable humanitarian work, um, her involvement in two particular campaigns throughout her work when she was a princess and even after her and Charles divorced. Um, She really helped shift the social attitudes towards AIDS patients So there are a lot of iconic photos of her shaking the hands or hugging or touching AIDS Mm. patients. And as a lot of people would know, there's a huge stigma around AIDS, particularly in the 80s and early 90s. Mm. And the fact that a princess was doing this, it really shifted the attitudes towards, oh, well, you know, you don't want to go near someone with AIDS. You don't want to touch someone with AIDS. She really shifted that whole conversation Um, And she also did a lot of work around uh, the removal of landmines. So she did a lot for the International Red Cross. They're probably the two main ones that people Mm -hmm. know about. She also did a lot of work around people suffering from cancer, leprosy, a lot to do with homelessness and poverty. So I feel like she used her position in an institution that, as we said earlier, you may or may not agree with, but she used it for the greater good and stepped outside I guess, the box of how she was meant to be behaving. She was a like a groundbreaker and she wasn't afraid of using her power and her position, like Angelina, like Kathy, um, to, to voice concerns about things that are happening in the world. Uh, like, like you were saying, like AIDS at the time, there's also mixed with homophobia as well, which, again, she spoke, she was... Um, spoke out against that um, and then landmines like what landmines are so horrible yes messed up isn't so it? they they're, they're laid down by armies mm. decades later people can still die from them mm. because they're still there and mm. just take somebody stepping on them mm. and they don't have a leg they don't have an arm like so amazing stuff from her and yeah it wasn't usual for people in that position to 
get political. It wasn't political as in she was saying, I'm for this party. It was political in that it was an issue that she was strongly advocating on. Yeah. And she bloody changed changed things for thousands of people. So what a bloody legend. Yeah, she was the people's princess, as she she was called and still is referred to as today. Um, yeah, she wasn't your typical member of the monarchy and she spoke her mind at times and she was quite savvy with the media, I think, at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, her death obviously was one of the biggest events of recent times and it's one of those things that I guess most people of a certain age will remember what you were doing and where you were when it happened um, or watching her funeral, which was broadcast to billions of people across the world. I remember crying watching it. I remember my dad crying watching it. It was so emotional. And I think, you know, she packed a lot in her 36 years of life, which is far too short. But I think the legacy that she has left and, you know, I'm grateful to know that, okay, she wasn't here for very long, but she did all these amazing things in the time she was here and clearly her two sons, you know, are carrying on that legacy and obviously good old Meghan Markle who, big fan. Love um, your Megs. Oh, we love your Megs. Love her. Love her. She's, we need to add her to the list. What are we doing? Yeah, Meghan Markle. <laughs> Um, But I will say, you know, one of my favourite images of Diana as well, obviously all those amazing things that she's done, but I think my favourite images of her is when she's like running and playing, Mm. laughing with her kids and she's being their mum, you know, for such an extraordinary woman. Uh, She was also simply a mum who just loved her kids and I think that's probably what she'd want to be remembered for as well. So we love you, Di. Love ya. Love you, Di. Get on ya. And I'm sure she'd be really proud of. Um, I think she'd love the, the laid backness of our good on ya, love ya, <laughs> <laughs> love ya, die. <laughs> good on ya. Who is next on our list, Patty? So I am obviously a very religious person. Maybe not obvious, but that's what, what I was originally on the podcast for was to talk about how to live the shit out of faith. Yeah, you can also check that potty out. <laughs> If you haven't already, it's the first episode of the podcast from 2019. It's the, oh. one of the most listened to episodes as well, Patty. Oh, yeah. very good. So, yes, nice. Patty, you are a proud Christian. Yes, exactly. You want to share a bit about some of your female religious icons, I guess. Yeah, beautiful. So, obviously, first cup of the rank, Mary, got to love Miz, yeah. taking, taking care of JC. So obviously there's the like, you know, the spiritual and it was just also great. But if you think about her story, literally she was like pregnant, no husband, and in the literally zeros AD, like so that is so the social like um pressure that she would have been facing would have been massive. Mm. And she was also only 14 around that age. Um, when she was became pregnant, so amazing so for her to go through that, um, and then also, you know, what she goes through in her life and, and her son being crucified and all that sort of stuff. So, I love Mary, but I, I really like. There's a beautiful. Uh, I like the real, like the story of the human Mary. The story of that. I think that's really cool. Um, another one, Mary McKillop. So she's Australia's first saint. Um, and what she was, she was also a bit of a battler. 
Mary McKillop. So she was born in South Australia and she made her own um, like religious order. It was like her own organization. And they were the only people at that time in Australia to actually educate poor people. So she went around Australia actually creating schools for working class kids that wouldn't have been able to get an education any other way. So phenomenal. And plus she was like excommunicated, had to go to Rome and she was excommunicated by the local bishop. So then she had to go to Rome and get the Pope to get her back in. Damn. Which she did. She got stuff done. She got stuff done. Yeah. yeah. Another mares on your mares. On your mares. And then Mother Teresa obviously uh, created her own organisation in India and Calcutta, um, working with people that had also went through leprosy, working with the poor and, um, you know, looking after people that everybody else was. So they're my three. On your ladies. On your ladies. Thank you for that, Patty, because, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I am religious. I'm, I can be quite spiritual, but I don't know a lot about, um, you know, these ladies. So thank you. I would say Mother Teresa is quite an obvious one and know like the mm. baseline about her. But Mary McKillop, she sounds like a good bloody egg. Yeah. I don't know if you'd like me saying bloody. She would, I'm sure she'd love it. She'd be okay. okay. She's one of those like, one of those like cool nuns. Oh, I feel we, like she would have those a couple cool of- nuns that like. Yeah, we do know a couple of them. We know a couple of cool nuns. <laughs> we yeah, should probably it. get them on the podcast one day, I think. Yes, yeah, so out. cool. Sister Ivy, Sister Anne. Yeah. Okay, next female icon. And, Patty, you don't know too much about this next one, so I'm here to no. introduce uh, the masses. Gloria Steinem. So Gloria Steinem is considered, I guess, a pioneering figure for feminism. At times she's been referred to as the world's most famous Feminist is probably more of a media term, but I have seen mm. that about her a lot. So she is an acclaimed journalist and writer, and she began her career around the late 50s, early 60s, when newsrooms and publications were largely dominated by male staff. Um, and she would actually go on to co-found a magazine in the 70s. She did a lot of really boundary-pushing articles, you know, before she started her own magazine. So she's very well-known in that space. Um, If you've seen photos of feminist rallies in America in, like, the 70s period mostly, chances are you've seen images of Gloria. So she's often viewed as, I guess, a spokeswoman and the face of the feminist movement in the U.S. during that period. So She's dedicated a great deal of her life to the cause of women's rights, uh, led countless marches and protests. She's toured her country countless times, you know, creating awareness, toured the world, promoting key issues that women face. Um, And some of the causes that she's spoken out about include female reproductive rights, women's education, women in the workforce and childcare. So she's she's done a lot. Um, Mm. She's still kicking. She's still alive. She is 87 years old uh, and she's still very active in the space as well. I only recently uh, listened to her speak on a podcast by Jamila Jamal, who is one of our notable mentions as well, who's an actor and activist, um, best known for The Good Place. If anyone's watched that show, you'll know is Tahani. She's so good in it. Yeah. So good in it. So she has a podcast called I Weigh. And I listened to an episode recently that had glory on it. So she's still incredibly sharp and giving of her time and wisdom. So 
check her out. If you don't know much about her, I think, yeah, you would be very impressed. My Life on the Road is my favourite Gloria Steinem book. So if you're looking to get into her work, I think that is a really good place to start. She's very giving of her time, it seems, to younger activists. There's also a really great interview that she did a few years ago with Emma Watson, the amazing Emma Watson, who, again, is on our list of the Hermione. Hermione. Um, And it's just great because it's like this 20-something-year-old woman and this 80-something-year-old woman talking about issues that, unfortunately, are still Mm. happening to women, but also talking about how much things have changed and the growth that we've seen for women's rights. So go check that out if you get a chance. Yes. So the next person that we're going to talk about is the one, the only, Oprah. Look under your seat right now. If you're driving, maybe don't. If you're walking, look in your shoe. If you're sitting on a seat, look under there. There is definitely not a key to a car. But Oprah did that one day. She did that one day. Literally. Oprah, if you're younger than we are, you might not know that Oprah, this is why there's all these memes of Oprah in a red dress looking very excited because she just gave a whole studio audience a car each. Oh, everyone got a car, a brand new car. How many people would be in your audience? At least like 100? Yeah, 150. Millions of dollars worth of merchandise. And she just gave it away. <laughs> That's the only reason why she's on the list. No, I don't know. Because she gave away free cars one time. <laughs> she also came to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why she's on this list also. No, she's not on the list at all. about Oprah. Well, Oprah was also um, a, a journalist, so she started um, being a journalist, being in newsrooms, Again, female African-American woman. She had to fight against all those different stereotypes. She too had a not a very good childhood as well. Mm. Um, and then she created her own talk show called Oprah. The Oprah Winfrey show started in 1986 uh, and it went on for like 25 years. Um, and through the show, she talked about lots of different things. So it was like a daily show every day. Um, in the afternoon and basically she became like a friend to generations of of people mostly women but loads and loads of people listened to her and she spoke a lot about uh, things like self-confidence getting to know who you are um, you know doing living your best life and being who you are and I think people kind of make out like you know once you're an adult that's it, you're you. But Oprah really kind of tapped into the fact that we still have a lot of growing to do and sometimes our lives don't feel great and we can be lonely or feel stuck. Mm. But Oprah and her show were really a, a way for people to think about, well, what else can I do? What else can I work on? Um, and so she ran like the whole gamut of, like have entertainment interviews, news, current events, but then also went into the sort of like self-advancement stuff as well. And absolute mm. bloody legend. Mm. Um, yeah, I think she kind of became like a lot of people's best friend. 
Yeah. <laughs> the show. Fine. I feel like the talk show thing was really big in that era and you had like Ricky Lake and Donahue and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And, you know, all of them have had, you know, great careers, but I feel like Oprah has just, like she is the epitome of overcoming adversity and just turning it into the complete opposite, but then giving back, you know, mm. super important. Yeah. Mm. So she's created um, her own school uh, in Africa for girls, uh, but then also she's a producer and supports local um, artists mm. and helps them out as well. Um, and that's a lot of the shows in, in her, the giveaways that she had were actually also to uh, people that needed it. So in that famous show where she was giving car away to everybody, yeah. all of those people were teachers. Mm. Um, and teachers in Australia don't get paid for what they should do. They don't get paid as much as they should. But in America, it's even worse. They don't even get, you know, any like proper supplies. They basically have to pay for everything out of their own pay packet, which is already small. Mm. And so, again, Oprah using the power that she has to support people that really need it. Yeah. She's a very powerful woman. When um, was it around the time that I don't like mentioning mentioning him on an episode about female icons, but around the time that Trump was like, well, the, the next election was happening and obviously it was like, let's get rid of this guy. People like Oprah. <laughs> President, please. It was like Michelle Obama. People are only oh. electing TV people. Can you be our TV person, please? Well, that's it. I mean, if we're going to elect him, we, oh, absolutely not. But if he is going to be elected, someone like Oprah, mate, she would get him. Surely. Yeah. If TV stars can be president, Oprah would be the first off the couch. She is top list. dog. <laughs> she would get stuff done. Mm. And she's also an executive. And I think that's maybe what we haven't talked about. So, like, uh, so Oprah, she's the head of her company. She made her own production company, Harpo, which is Oprah Backwards. How clever is that? So good. But she made her own production company. She's now a billionaire. Mm. Like, she's also, so she's obviously an interviewer and a journalist, but also an incredible businesswoman Mm. and executive. She's a head of an organisation. She is a boss. Um, Patty, I don't know if you listen to her Super Soul Sessions podcast. No. Oof. There are some lessons in that. And also she had a wonderful relationship and she is very much inspired by Maya Angelou and they had they just had the mm. most beautiful connection. So um, I don't think it's a coincidence that both women are on this list. I agree. Absolutely, I love Oprah. It's one of my absolute faves. And your Opes, and she had a VB when she came out here. Remember that? Yeah, she did. That's one of my favorite photos ever. She's <laughs> so awkward. So she's making. So she's, you know, oh, let's do a story of what Aussie life. Oh, an Aussie barbecue. Let's do an Aussie barbecue. <laughs> and then there's this like Oprah in the backyard of some like suburban Melbourne place, going like. Oh, hey, guys, how are you going? With, like, a VB looking at the camera like, yeah, what? I'm having a beer. Cracking open a tinny. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It Look, you know, I understand when you get to that level of celebrity and power, 
you need to have a little bit of relatable content from time to time. That was she was on, uh, you know, Oprah, we're on levels here. She was on Trevor Noah and he was, it was like the between the scenes bit where he just talks off the cuff to the audience and the guest. <laughs> and he's like, Oprah, when was the last time that you did something that was like completely normal? Like when was the last time, you know, you, you went to the, the toilet and there was no toilet paper and she was like, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Somebody comes around the house and checks that. And then when they know that it's fine, they do like the little triangle thing oh. to know that it's checked. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, you know, I do do this normal thing. So, you know, um, avocados are really expensive. So I was going to buy avocados. So I have my own avocado orchard. Oh. <laughs> and Trevor was like, no. You can't say that's normal. That risk went really got not normal. Oprah, what do you mean? Oh, oh. orchards are really expensive. Uh, uh, Avocado is really expensive, so I made my own orchard. No, no, Oprah. That's not normal. <laughs> oh, look, she tried. She thought she was being relatable by, like, they're so expensive, but then she's yeah. orchard. And can you imagine it wouldn't just be a little, little. Uh, the Oprah. Avocados. Avocados. <laughs> Oprah's orchard. She's got her own magazine her own channel she's pretty incredible and you know good on her she's she's just overcome so much as you said her early life was very challenging a lot of hardship and obviously facing racism and sexism in the industry good bloody on her and you know she gives back so yeah we're big fans we're big fans if she would like to give back in my direction (laughs) that would be great I was always wanted to um, be part of her like Christmas special oh. where, where again, the, she would have like all Oprah's favorite things. Yes. And like the whole show is just like things that she really loves. And then the audience would get every single thing. I have that level of money. Living the dream. It's crossed. It's excessive. Well, uh, look, as I mean, was she personally thinking out of her wallet? No. Did she make partnerships with organizations that yeah. used it to promote the product sure clever very clever, clever lady very clever yeah big fans so on your oprah on your opes patty listen to super soul sessions because oprah interviews a lot of very high profile people on it as well one of which is our next female icon mm. malala yousafzai yeah Legend. we love malala Pakistani activist who has worked tirelessly to promote girls' education in her homeland and across the world. Um, Her activism started from a very young age, around 11, 12. Uh, She was already blogging. This Mm. is incredible, and it gets left out so much in the story. She was blogging for the BBC about the Taliban's reign and occupation of Swat, which is her hometown in Pakistan. She was blogging for the BBC crazy we were in like like we were what when we were in your well sorry when we were aged year oh my god when we were 11 or 12 yeah in year six yep Gosh. i wasn't blogging for the bbc yeah and it's you know and and it wasn't like it was risking our lives to do that either no like this is this is the taliban in their most extreme and oppressive style where girls are not allowed to go to school Mm. Mm. 
and not only is that just a law that maybe people ignore if they, if they do go to school they they face violence mm. yes horrible they're you know we're not going to talk too much about the taliban but we know that they're horrible people and some of the stuff that they inflicted on people in pakistan in that time absolutely and afghanistan afghanistan yes obviously what we've seen recently as well um so she's very famous for being shot by Taliban soldiers uh, in mm. 2012. As her profile and her advocacy was growing, she was obviously a threat to them and they did not like that. So she was uh, attacked and she's very lucky to survive that. She was only 15 at the time. She was mm. on the school bus, I believe, riding home from school uh, with a couple of friends and yeah her life has changed obviously dramatically since then she has not been back to Pakistan I believe obviously she hasn't been back you know permanently I'm not sure if she's visited at all but I know she lives uh, in Birmingham in the UK and she spent most of her time um, in the UK since um, her you know horrific uh, situation so um, since then, you know, since that attempt on her life, she has continued to become even stronger and more of a voice for young girls and education. She's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Again. Legend. Amazing. Wow. Like she's, what, 24 now? And she's already won a Nobel Peace Prize. That's a high bar. <laughs> That's a very high bar. Um, what have I done? What have I done with my life? <laughs> yeah, it does make you think a little bit about that doesn't it um she's obviously been the recipient recipient of countless honors as well along with that nobel peace prize she co-founded the malala fund organization she's co-authored a book about her life um she's been the subject of a really great documentary about her life as mm. well all the while having time to study in the uk she graduated from oxford last year which again I mean- you're just amazing, Malala. We love you. Yeah. I love her quote, one child, one teacher, one book, one pen can change the world. Again, like with and most- She knows that's true because that's what she did. Mm. Like with most of the women on this list, if you get a chance, if you don't know too much about her, YouTube, there is so much great content on Malala, so many great interviews, but also her speeches that mm. she at some of these really big events to honour her. Um, I also want to mention the relationship that she has with her father, who was also an activist in Pakistan. Um, and, you know, he really inspired his daughter to speak up about things when she was young. He never told her that she couldn't say these things and really encouraged her, which is something that unfortunately in Pakistan at that time wasn't really happening in a lot of other families. Um, but, you know, the daughters were often seen as just, you know, they're just kind of there. They're not that important, which is horrible. But I guess obviously going back to like the Taliban reign and them not allowing girls to be free had a lot to do with that. Um, But there's a really great quote that I think he gives in a TED talk. And he says, people ask me what is special about my mentorship that has made Malala so bold and courageous, vocal and poised. I tell them, don't ask me what I did. Ask me what I did not do. I did not clip her wings and that's all. I love it so much. Wow. That wow. Makes me emotional. 
Wow. What a dad. That's such an amazing father and role model. And, you know, I've watched the documentary that's about her life and it shows her with her mum and her brothers and her dad. And it's really making me emotional. Oh, it's just this beautiful family that, like, I feel like she was meant to go through what she went through. Obviously, you never wish what happened to her upon anyone, but I feel like it was meant to happen. She was born to do the amazing things that she's done. And the fact that her father in such a patriarchal society did not clip her wings, as he said, is just the most beautiful thing. And I, I, you know, I hope that message can be conveyed to everyone because we should be encouraging our children, boy or girl, doesn't matter. Mm all do the same thing they should all get to go to school they should all get to have a pen and a paper and a book it shouldn't matter and I love that that's what her family has been able to put into the universe beautiful 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 beautiful. anything you want to ask don't ask me what I did ask me what I didn't do I didn't clip her wigs wow amen amen legend yeah What, what an ally what an ally um, and she's a really big fan of um, Australian cricketers. I think she loves. Oh. Yeah, does she have the hearts for somebody? Yes. I can't remember which cricketer it is. Was it? I don't, I don't know if it was Brett Lee. I know you. It have, might be Brett Lee. have the hearts for Brett Lee, Patty. So maybe you and Malala have the same taste. I can't remember. It's in the document. talks about <sighs> cricket. Uh, it doesn't say. Oh. Look, you'll just have to go back and watch the documentary, and I will too, because it's that yeah. good. It's fair enough. I mean, it, it probably is Brett Lee, who is was a big deal. He's pretty handsome at the time. And, and on that, you should go and listen to our Heartthrobs episode that we did several months ago. <laughs> Look at us. Well, we just cross promos in every which way. So many cross promos. Professional. Just absolute <laughs> professionals. I love a shameless plug or 5,000. <laughs> Absolute professionals. Well, I can't drink the rest of my beer because I've already drunk it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, Patty, the next thing I want yes. all you, Sister oh. Rosetta Tharp, hit me. Yeah. So she is actually, you like, you like rock and roll? You like guitar music? You like rhythm and blues? Oh, yeah. You have this lady to thank. Sister, she's not actually like a religious sister. That's just her name, Sister Rosetta Tharp. So mm. she um, is an African-American woman um, and she grew up in like gospel scene but then went over and she's actually one of the first electric guitarists ever. And the way that she sang and the way that she played the guitar, the solos that she had, uh, so influential you can still hear those riffs and how she played musicians play like that all the time I did that without even knowing and then I read an article about her um from the in the Rolling Stone and I was just like oh my god I did not know this woman existed and yet she is so influential in music that I love and adore so Elvis lists her as like one of her, his absolute heroes Chuck Berry, Bob Dylan as well. Um, and, again, there's some great um, video of her on YouTube. And she's just like, so there's, like, videos of her. She's, like, this uh, basically, like, 40-year-old, 50-year-old woman 
just on the electric guitar, just absolutely shredding. Shredding. <laughs> and singing, singing like Aretha Franklin. It's oh amazing. Oh, goodness. How do I not know about this woman? Patty and I were talking just prior to the recording, and I'm a little bit ashamed that I don't know who she is. Well, neither did I. I just saw this uh, this article. Thank you, Facebook newsfeed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, oh, algorithm. Thank you, the um, Thank you, Rolling Stone, for writing an article about her. Like, and there's also a documentary about her and her life as well. So, um, yeah, again, it's women, unfortunately, are erased from the narrative of the history of so many things. Yes. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity to put them back in as they bloody well should be. I might share on the page when this episode goes live. Obviously, while people are listening to it, it is live, but I might share maybe a tune or something. Oh, shout. Yeah. There's a great one of her on the on the train in a train station singing. Uh, <laughs> it sounds a lot better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Patty. <laughs> she swears better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a crack and I appreciate I it. Crack. And I'm interested just from that little intro that you did. Yeah. I'm interested. Thank you. Well, that's good. <laughs> Listen to the intro, not to my guitar. Oh, right. Rosetta Tharp. Thank you, Patty. Thank You're welcome. I have a bit of tunes in anything that we talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Next one, I'm going to stuff it up because we were practicing how to say her name. Patty, do you want to say Say it? her name. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. You might yes. know Greta Thunberg. Mm. Pronounce it differently. We're looking up pronunciation and, yeah. We're... I would say Thunberg. I think Thunberg. Mm. That sounds more Swedish. I think we'll go with it. Yep. And we do apologise if we're not getting that right to any Swedish people who are. Do you know what Greta would say to us? How, How do... dare you? <laughs> Another memeable <laughs> lady on the list well mainly just from that one moment but it's so good but it was such a good moment I yeah. say that all the bloody time so Greta apparently started protesting outside the Swedish parliament back in 2018 when she was just 15 so that was when the school strike for climate began you know pressuring the government to meet carbon emissions target i can't talk today uh, by december that year more than 20,000 students from the uk to japan had joined her by skipping school to protest i'm just going to put it out there skipping school not great but if it's for something like this if it's something like for the care of your planet do it oh, 100% skip I'm on board. job skip school 100% do it well, I saw a really great sign or something like that from one of the protests where they were like, why do you want us to be in school if you ignore what the academics are saying? Bill, right. drop the mic. We should look out of there. She, a year later from that uh, school strike for climate, she received the first of three Nobel Peace Prize nominations for climate activism. She was 16. Mm. 16. Amazing. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What was I doing when I was 16? Nothing really. I might have been skipping school, but I wasn't going to (laughs) (laughs) 
I wasn't starting a global activist. <laughs> I wish I could say it was. I'm sorry. Uh, but, yes, in that time, like that's only three years ago, but in that time obviously she's very well known for the UN conference where she mm-hmm. delivered that speech where she said to world leaders who are all, you know, 50s, 60s, people in power, how dare you? How dare you? You all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. That is so powerful. Yeah, and it's just true. Mm. I think that's what, you know, the politics of the situation can really just completely um, erase the real story here, which is she is 16, she is 15. I have nephews, 17, 16. You know, 2050, it, to me, it seems like 50 years away. It's not 50 years away. They're going to be 47 Yeah. in 2050. You know, we're going to be in our 60s. It's not that far away. <laughs> Still on the body talking about it. Um, right. This is a real issue that, and I find like even with, say, Brexit in the, um, in, in England, it was the young people who didn't want it, but they're the ones that are going to be stuck with it the longest. Mm. Listen to the young. This is a this is a problem for the future. It's going to get worse. People that are in power are going to be dead, mm. but they will have stuffed up the planet for generations. Yep. Don't be so selfish. And also, don't be so. Dis- how dare you do that to and and just completely disregard. Mm. other people and a lot of a lot of that commentary when she gave that speech there was a lot of really positive reactions to it and there was so much love and respect shared for her online and in the media but then also people just completely disregarding oh you're a child you're a child and even some really nasty um Mm. comments around uh, suggestions of her uh, being autistic and somehow even if I'm not sure if that is the case but like so what an autistic teenager opinion (laughs) excuse me (laughs) how offensive um yeah love her and also she took Donald Trump to task on Twitter several (laughs) times I believe (laughs) she's amazing she's very quick-witted very sassy and she knows I think she knows how to play a bit of a game, but she does it in a way that, you know, she she's kind of coming out on top. So she's buying into it a little bit, but she's coming out on top. I love it. Yeah, and I think the activism, there's lots of space for activism. There's people that work within the institutions that, um, you know, get stuff done internally that maybe work a little slower, but then you need activists like Greta Thunberg that are just going to send a lightning bolt and go into the these places and say how dare you what are you doing and just speak it really and I think because a lot of the time maybe with climate change it can become academic or become studies and numbers and you kind of miss the immediacy of it and that human element of it Mm -hmm. I don't want this to happen to my world Mm -hmm. and most people don't want this to happen in the world but because there's a few rich people that don't want it to happen nothing's happening you're literally risking the whole planet mm. because you're a selfish 
butthole. <laughs> and I'm going to call you that to your face. Oh, I was going to go a bit harder than that, but <laughs> but I won't. I won't because I think you said it. You're a butthole. I've done it for a long time. <laughs> so, yes, Greta, we are big fans and just keep doing what you're doing. I think keep doing yeah. what you're doing. I can't wait to see what what she is doing in 5, 10 20 years time I can't wait in a way I hope she doesn't have to still be doing a lot of the work that she's doing now um mainly because I hope other people start to really help her out but also we shouldn't have to be you know begging people to care about our environment and our planet but look maybe wishful thinking I hope that that's not the case but I also see her just growing into a really powerful powerful woman and I'm really excited for it so, Patty, you're the next two, you're going to talk about the next two because I don't know too much about these ladies. Yes, absolutely. So the first one is Amelia Earhart. I have written here in my notes, what a sick bish, because that is what she is. Okay. <laughs> so Amelia was the first woman to ever fly across the Atlantic Ocean, and she did that in 1932. So this is before planes were like, the real deal magic that wasn't even the like proper like plastic covering she flew 2,000 miles across the ocean without assistance I didn't know that yeah wow yeah exactly and so this so then she became this amazing female advocate um and uh, one of her great quotes is women must try to do things as men have tried when they fail, their failure must be but a challenge to others. That's cool. And I think that's so cool. Like, and so often, like, you know, oh, it's like if women do something, it's like, and if they, it doesn't happen perfectly, it's well, it's like, well, that's because mm-hmm. they're a woman. But like, as if men don't try things and yeah, don't work, like, first- that's just how learning and adventure works. Can you imagine the first dude that probably did try to fly a plane? Like he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He's not here anymore. I mean, it's a long time ago. But <laughs> I just find that so baffling that, it, yeah, it's like, oh, well, a woman tried and she failed. Nah. No, everyone needs to try. And clearly yeah, exactly. she tried and she was. And succeeded. Yeah. First person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. So she became this amazing international figure, wrote books, um, influent had a lots of other records as well um, just like lots of adventurers um, it didn't end mm. that well for her she was trying to fly all the way across the world um, as a single um, in a single flight not as a single flight but as a solo and mm. she landed in different parts um, and so unfortunately she went missing over the Pacific and so there's a big mystery around there and hopefully one day we'll find out what happened to her hopefully she landed in Fiji and just decided you know what world screw you she had a great I'm just gonna stay in Fiji and not tell anyone I you know I like sometimes to pretend that those things happen when you know people go missing and like famous like, like it's these mysteries like I've heard this theory before, this is a little bit of a side note, but Harold Holt, a very famous situation yes. here in Australia, our prime minister went missing in the water. And I've he heard, walked into the water and didn't come out. Yeah. And I've heard this story that apparently he got out of the water on the other side of the beach or the peninsula that he was, 
he was at and he got in a car with someone and then he went to the south of France and he lived out his life in the south of France. And I, look, it probably didn't happen, but I like to believe that Harold had a great old time in the south of France and I'd love to believe that Amelia had a great old time in Fiji. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? And it's so relatable. Like, yeah. Can you imagine the pressure these people are under? I have moments where I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just go to Fiji and, <laughs> and no one will know? Don't tell anyone. <laughs> horrible for a family and the people that loved her, but maybe they, they would know. know. They would know, but they would keep the secret. Yeah. <laughs> They're what? in Fiji too. Have There's an island in Fiji called Amelia. Now. <laughs> we have debunked. The mystery. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. A ninety-year mystery solved on how to love the shit out of life. She just went on holiday. <laughs> Look, rest in peace, Amelia. Because even if she did go to Fiji, there's no way she's still alive. Because yeah. she was born in the 1800s. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew who she was, but I, I don't know too much about her. Mm, yeah, so, again, a pioneer pushing boundaries, putting her body on the line, mm. and, you know, just absolute hero. Baba. The second person on my list is Eleanor Roosevelt. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of human rights and how they're good and all of that sort of stuff, <laughs> but this lady was the chair of the people that drafted the Declaration of Human Rights. Again, you like human rights. You like your right to water, life, food, uh, gender equality. I'll go Eleanor. Thanks, Eleanor. Sorted it all down. Sorted it all out. What a lady. So she she was also, so basically she uh, was educated in the early 20th century um she sort of got her position because she was the um like a first lady and mm. she was one of the first first ladies to actually use the role to advocate for different things she also spoke a lot about uh african-american rights um, as well as education and how important that was and then her husband uh was in, uh had to be in a wheelchair and she um you know convinced him to keep going in the role um and then she as after he wasn't president anymore she continued to advocate and have and she had this particular special advocacy role um in the at the un to draft um the declaration of human rights and what a funny legend that's very impressive very impressive as i said i didn't know much about it i know the name and i know president roosevelt but um yeah, I had no idea that she played such a big part and it kind of goes back to a little bit of that silencing and, uh, you know, pushing aside mm. women in history, which is very frustrating. Maybe it should be her story, actually. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Or, or, hey, what about their story? Yeah. Huh? Does that have to be either? Yeah. There, let's be inclusive of all genders. <laughs> yes. Their yeah. story. That makes sense. Their story. Well, she's got a great story. I was just scrolling. I've got a, a few tabs open on some of the women that I didn't know too much about, Patty. Mm. Um, and she did discover that 
uh, Franklin, her husband, had an affair um, with her social secretary, Lucy Mercer. So, yeah, sorry, <laughs> such a down on that. But I was like, oh, how dare you, Franklin? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> oh, but oh again, yeah, no. She knew so, early doors. Early doors for the marriage wasn't. Shows the adversity. A woman who has overcome certain challenges in her life and no judgment. You know, there's a lot of women in history that have stayed with cheating partners and for whatever reasons they are, we shouldn't be judging them. She's obviously overcome that. And as you said, she was caring for him, you know, when he wasn't well. Um, she sounds like a good one. She sounds like a good one. And he should have known. Good egg. He yeah. Somebody who also has gone that, who we haven't gotten that list, but Beyonce has also gone through that. And yes. Becky how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Still don't know. I ain't sorry. I ain't sorry. <laughs> I ain't sorry. Sorry, I just pressed the wrong key. <laughs> different, different keyboards here. Okay, Patty, we are coming towards the end. We've only got two more that we are going to speak a bit more in depth about, and then we're going to list our notable mentions, which we need to add Beyonce to that list. I can't believe it. <laughs> Holy gosh, golly. Grace Tame. So, legend. To a lot of our listeners, uh, maybe our international listeners, listeners probably don't know who Grace Tame is and maybe some of our local listeners as well. Grace Tame, most recent Australian of the year. Mm. Grace is, it's kind of like she's become the face of, uh, and, you know, this um, subject matter is a little bit triggering, so just a bit of a warning to people listening. But basically her story is she was abused by uh, a teacher uh, who groomed and molested her when she was just 15 years old. And this went on for a long time. And um, there was a case against him. And, you know, after two years of battling the Tasmanian legal system uh, to basically get the, actually, I've, I've kind of gone a bit forward there. Basically, there was something in place in the law in Tasmania, which is where Grace is from and where this uh, crime, these crimes occurred, that she wasn't allowed to speak about the case or her perpetrator in public. He was allowed to talk about her, which he did, and obviously journalists and commentators and the media were allowed to, but she was not allowed to. And after two years of battling that legal system in Tassie, she finally won the right to reveal her true identity. And since then, she has just become the most remarkable and inspiring face of abuse victims she has done so much work she's continuing to do a lot around um, the sexual assaults that have happened in parliament and she's been a real big speaker on helping some of the women that have gone through that share their stories as I said she won Australian of the year Um, she's just an absolute legend she's only young I think she's 26 or 27 Um, Mm. but it just seems like I feel like I just I've known her forever because I just relate to her so much and and also the fact that she is quite young but she's doing such a good thing um you know and a lot of the women we've spoken about on this list like Malala and Greta these are very young women you know that are doing a really good thing but also probably a, a very scary and brave thing at times mm-hmm. and again I just think that's so inspiring to come out and share your story particularly about something as harrowing as what she went through um and just the oh, 
the fucked upness of the fact that she couldn't talk about it is yeah. just baffling to me. And it's not until people like Grace Team come out and and do this work that we find out about some of the really bad laws that are in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. it. Baffles I, me. I know, for example, there are, the Australian Parliament they don't actually have to abide by gender discrimination laws. Mm. How <laughs> is that possible? <sighs> that makes me so angry. Like, mm. how is that possible? That is the definition of corruption. Like, it, it's so absurd. So absurd. Five <laughs> years ago, there was like, I don't need feminism because X, Y, Z, like, this is why we're studying feminism. This is why we still need campaigners, activists. It's why we still need podcast episodes where we talk about this stuff because, you know, yes, we have seen some change. And I think the great thing about Grace Absolutely. is that she has she has helped mould and frame this change and she is now doing what she can to continue that. But she shouldn't have had to do that in the first place. No, exactly. <laughs> so absurd. But... I think, yeah, she's someone who, while she's quite new, I guess, on the advocacy scene and, you know, her story hasn't really, well, her telling her story hasn't been a thing since late 2019. So we're talking about two years that she's had a bit more of a public face. Mm. Um, I think that there's, you know, similar to Greta that we spoke about earlier, I can't wait to see what this woman does and continues to do. Mm. I think she's going to be an absolute game changer. Um, She's been very critical of our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, which I am all for and love and I know you're all for it too, Patty. Well, I mean, he absolutely deserves it. Mm. This is particularly around the sexual assaults that have happened in Parliament while he's there and the fact that you know, the reaction to it, you know, unfortunately people acting in this horrible way does happen in all places of society, but it's how we react to it when we know what's happened that's important. And, you know, to react to it that it's just a political issue, to have to have your wife explain to you why sexual assault is a problem is pathetic. Mm. As a prime minister, it's embarrassing as an Australian citizen. Um, and, you know, hopefully what comes out of all this is change and that women are actually treated properly and all people are treated properly when they're in Parliament House. Mm. They shouldn't be able to be, this is where we create our laws, the system that governs our whole country, Mm. and to have people behave lawlessly in that house is the height of hypocrisy and corruption and it's disgusting. Mm. and it needs to change Sal (laughs) yes and people like great helping that helping that happen so very you know honored to live in a world where she exists I feel and live in a country where she exists and and to see what she's doing so that's why I thought yeah I'm going to chuck her on this list because she's super important and Mm -hmm. again I think it just shows like the diversity of this list all different of life um young and old different times all different times and it's still important that we have women to be inspired by you know right now so grace we love you i feel like i've got a chance of getting grace 
you know, aware of the podcast because she's local. Yeah. She's very active on her social media. Her Instagram is very entertaining. She's very funny. Um, I feel like we have, I feel like we could absolutely have a beer with her at the pub. hundred percent. Grace, if you're listening, come out to Sea Town once (laughs) once lockdown's over. Come have a beer. Come on the podcast. Yes. And then part of our ritual when we have the chances, then we go to the pub and have a schnitzel. Grace, you're very welcome to attend. Anyone, Eleanor, if you come back from the dead. Amelia, come back. Mary (laughs) McGillip, your spirit. Mary. Mez. She'd love it. She'll bring her side. That would be great. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Patty, you're going to talk about the last lady we're going to highlight. Who are we speaking about? This is a personal fave. So we have the real life heroes and then we have our fictional heroines that also we love and inspire. And one of the authors that uh, a few of my favourite female heroines um, she's written is Jane Austen. I love Jane Austen. Okay, Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion are two of my favourite books. I like read them every year. Um, Elizabeth Bennet is one of the best characters in literature. Um and so she wrote these books in the early 1800s. Mm. Again, very segregated, very sexist society. And women could only get married. That's the only way. They weren't supposed to have an occupation. Mm. Uh, certainly rich women or of the aristocracy weren't supposed to have an occupation, had no chance to work. You know, poorer women had occupations that were, you know, maids and all those sorts of things as well. Um, but basically, and even then, once they were married, that pretty much became what that was the, their main thing. So Jane Austen actually was one of the first female novelists uh, of the time. And so I think a lot of her books are sort of just characterized as romances or chiclet and kind of dismissed. And so what you find a lot of the time as well is that women's work is dismissed as somehow, well, that's just, you know, some mm. sort of that's a female chick lip or whatever who cares like yeah. oprah for example oh mm. it's just housewives that listen to her why that's a problem anyway i don't know mm. um but you get find that with jane austen as well but actually she was a really excellent uh, satirist she wrote parody all of her novels are actually a commentary on the times how ridiculous and how stupid it is that women their only way of uh increasing their lot in life is to marry well mm. or it happens in a couple of her novels as well if they are if their dad dies the and there was only sisters all of that uh, land and etc was entailed away to their cousin oh. and or it was dependent on the brother to actually be to look after them mm. so they would rapidly become destitute also in her novel Mansfield Park, she actually mentions the slave trade and critiques it as well. Um, so, yeah, again, she's sort of, you know, made out to only be this chick lit literature regency period, but actually she's a very smart, very intelligent, very sassy lady. Mm. Um, that is an excellent novelist and satirist and analyzes society mm. and harpoons it a lot of the time. Think about it. Still 
resonate today and obviously of all most of them I'm not sure if all of them have been in, adapted into films yeah. countless times Definitely. so obviously something I haven't read any Jane Austen um obviously I've watched some of the um the films that have been created based off some of her books obviously Pride and Prejudice and the BBC series yeah <laughs> <laughs> the 1993 yeah. BBC series Final Project. Yeah. She knows. Yeah, I feel like it's oh. it, again, it is that thing of oh, it's just this thing. It's just this thing that only girls of a certain type would like. That's well, it's obviously still resonating today with a big audience. Um, props to her. Props yeah. to her for writing something, what, 200 years ago? Yeah, more than 200 years ago now. That still resonates today. Still reckoned in that cash. <laughs> she loaded. <laughs> Again, Jane, come to Sea Town. Beer come and schnitzel. Come Jane. <laughs> wow. Jane Aussie. Aussie on your Jane Aussie. Also, special mention, talking of fictional heroes, A League of Their Own was one of my favourite films when I was younger. I don't know if you know it, but it's about it's in World War II, the men have gone off to war, and so there's no baseball, so they decide to help get a female baseball league. Mm. And then it's just one of the best buddy movies of all time, sister movies. So good. So good. And Gina Davis, who is in that film, is also in yeah. Louise. Yes. Another and she has female she's got, I think she's got a foundation or a center that looks into like gender studies and films and has um, created lots of different studies to look at just how badly women are represented or very few like often in films women only talk about the men characters so there's those sorts of tests anyway yes league of their own love them what davis is one of my heroes too recommend great film there's no crying in baseball Say it again. There's no crying in baseball. Are you crying? No. She's crying, sir. There's no crying in baseball. That is a good line. Tom Hanks is in it too. He's great. Yes. Cozy O'Donnell, Madonna. Great cast. Oh, wonderful. Um, Notable mentions. So obviously we have spoken about a lot of women today, but we had more and we just... We keep adding to it, but we're going to be very brief with this. Okay. I'm going to rattle off the first few and then maybe, Patty, if you want to jump in. I don't know sure. where you jump in, but we'll figure it out. So yeah. Roxanne Gay, great author, um, has written several books, Hunger and Bad Feminist. Go check them out. Jamila Jamal, as we mentioned her earlier, actor, activist, Iway movement. She's in the good place. She's very funny. She's amazing. Edith Cowan, the first female member of parliament in Australia. She is also the face on the $50 note. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, may she rest in peace. Yes, yeah, well. just recently passed away last year. Yes, um, ran that Supreme Court baby, lived an yeah. incredible life. Julia Gillard, we have thrown in there. Our first, first- Australia's first female prime minister. Yes. Uh, she started the um, Royal Commission into Sexual Abuse in Institutions, which is incredibly important and brought about really good changes um, in many institutions, including the church. Uh, also, she brought in the NDIS, 
mm -hmm. which is really important for people living with disabilities. Nova Paris, again, amazing Aboriginal athlete. She's got a gold medal, I think, in hockey. Yes. And then also First Indigenous in woman to win a gold medal at the Olympics, Australian Indigenous woman, I believe. Wow. Yep. At 96, the hockey, yes. is that right? Yes. Amazing. And then also then turned to running and then she's also become a um, member of parliament as well incredible incredible athlete i mean advocate and incredible person also good follow on social media yeah. um beyonce do we need to say anything else beyonce <laughs> i ain't sorry <laughs> i ain't sorry um i put in Edda James. Edda James, Wonderful yeah. singer at last. Absolutely beautiful. Emma Watson. Love. Gonna, love Emma Watson. Hermione. You know what? She's basically the real life Hermione and I love Hermione. She's also very similar like Angelina Jolie vibes, yeah. or vibes in terms of the humanitarian work, UN work, and then also yeah. starring in films. Great. Yeah. I've put Rosie because yeah. she has done so much work in, in and around the Me Too movement, which I know she's she's not a big fan of it being called the Me Too movement. There's a few things around that that she doesn't like being kind of pulled into a certain category and group, like Time's Up and all that stuff. But yeah. make no mistake, if it was not for Rose McGowan, then Harvey Weinstein, grub of a human being. Disgusting pig. He would still be doing what he was doing for years and years to countless women. So, Rose, yeah. oh, I just think you're amazing. And she's just so ballsy and she doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Love her. But an excellent person is uh, Marie Curie. And mm -hmm. so she was the first female to get a Nobel Prize. She got one for chemistry and physics. Not just oh, one but two. Just a little uh, old. She discovered radioactivity. I mean, I... Genius. I've not discovered anything, let alone subatomic particles and how wavelengths affect the world. Mari, you're a good egg. Love you, Mari. Uh, Rosie Batty, we've got on the yes. list as well. Yes, so, so, so she's a uh, great advocate against uh, family violence. Unfortunately, um, she went through that and her son also passed away. Um, from that, uh, but again, she's uh, used her own resilience to try and make the world a better place, and that she has, you know, her advocacy on this issue has really brought it to the forefront, and, and as it should be, mm. continue to be brought to the forefront as well. She's incredible. Michelle Obama, again, do we need to say much about Michelle? First lady who did a lot of good stuff and obviously married to Barack and you know, our favourite presidential couple, I feel, ever. I would say so. I mean, mm. a lovely couple, really beautiful, just so <laughs> nice to see. And they genuine, like, they genuinely love each other. There's no hand swaps with these two, not in public anyway. <laughs> and last and, uh, one, <laughs> last but certainly not least, Whoopi. Whoopi. Whoopee. You don't even need to say Goldberg, but we just did. But Whoopi Goldberg. Sister Act. Sister Act 2. Karina Karina. Need I go on? 
just the color purple, which she won an Oscar color purple. Um, just incredible. And I love that Whoopi's still like she's on the view and she gives yeah. her opinion and she's yeah. always the the calm in the crazy because there's always these other women that are just ah, at each other on that show and she's just like hang on hang on hang on hang on <laughs> that's my whoopi impersonation hang on amazing what are we talking about here <laughs> but yeah she phenomenal um obviously actor but also you know she's just i feel like such a proud black woman and i'm sure has inspired generations of you know, African-Americans to see that you can overcome, again, you know, very complex um, traumatic childhood and, and upbringing in some ways. And she's just an amazing human being. So love your whoops. We have been talking for a very long time, but I do want to say, Patty, thank you so much for joining me again, loving the shit out of these amazing female icons. As I said, you are one of my female icons. As are you, Sal? Thank you. See, I wait for you to say that. <laughs> Imagine if I was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> but, yes, thank you, Patty, and uh, I look forward to the next one. Also, can we just give a shout-out to our, our mums? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. And our yes. aunties and, yes. the, and, the, and the humans in our life, mm. female humans directly in our life that we love. This yeah. wasn't specifically about you. This is about famous people. But you are the icons for us internally yeah. within our family. And Shout family. out, yeah, to the mums, sisters, aunties, cousins, friends, colleagues. I know, Patty, you and I were very blessed to know some amazing women and to have so many amazing women in our lives. So, yeah, love you guys. Shout out. Yeah. And if you're a female lady listener, you're mm. awesome too. Good yes. for you. The men listening, good for you also. But let's take a moment to just <laughs> celebrate the ladies in our lives. Celebrate the ladies. All right. Thank you, Patty. Yeah, the girls. Mm-hmm.